Welcome to a very solemn Titans Talk podcast. I'm joined with my uh, friends, big fella, Landon. Big, big fella, you've got the floor. Your thoughts on today's game? My thoughts on today's game? We left too much of it on the field. You know, we traveled too far to to get a loss the way we did. I'm sure you guys have a lot of opinions on this game. I think we saw some positive things out of Mariota. I think we saw some positive things out of the run game, especially from Deion Lewis. I think having Wesley Woodyard back was a definite improvement to our defense, as you can see that on the field. I think he got everybody in the right position, and we played a lot better defensively. I think our offensive line played a lot better, although there were some questionable plays, especially that run in at the end of the play from Taylor Luan. Um, but overall, I think if I were going to characterize this game, it's just leaving too much on the field and missed opportunities. You know, obviously we are all going to second guess that two point conversion play at the end of the game to win it. Um, personally, I think we should have kicked the extra point gone into overtime. Um, we clearly were having the better second half and I think we would have had a better shot in overtime. So, I don't know, just want to hear what you guys think. What what are your thoughts? I would say that first of all, as our as the Titans first ever London game, I feel that was probably one of the best ways to enter the international series because so far many of the games have been blowouts and uninteresting. And even though the ending was not what we wanted and how we hoped it would turn out, it was still an exciting and eventful game for us. I agree with John. We especially, we especially had too many mistakes. Mariota's no-look pass that led to an interception, which I still don't understand. Suckups missed field goal, which was preceded by two straight drops that we had for first downs on from Taylor and Davis. Then obviously, we're lucky LaJuan didn't get called for diving into that pile. Then we go for two points and we fail twice. And it's just... It's just we didn't execute. And part of that was we have a very young coaching staff. They're all in their first year with us, but it just felt too much... It felt too reactionary and too... Like, to spur the moment rather than looking at it long term. That's all I've got to say. Well, that's well said. Uh, let me follow up with that. Um, you you brought up a couple of good things that I want to uh, that I want uh, to ask you guys. Why try the field goal, John? Why try that long of a field goal at that point? Are you talking about the suck up miss? Yeah. What was that? Fifty five yards, Lane? Was that a fifty five yard try? I just feel like in 50. London in that weather with that wind, I just didn't think I just didn't think he was gonna I didn't think he had any chance to hit that, even suck up. I just didn't think I just don't know why they even tried that. It did why? not seem possible. He had the distance. I just you know, let's right. be clear about that. He had the distance, he was just wide, which isn't usually a Ryan suck up thing. I think there's a whole different air about Wembley Stadium where the air yeah. kinda actually swirls. Um, so I have to believe that he was making some of those in practice. And yeah, good point. Maybe I mean, so. he's, he's been pretty reliable with long oh, kicks. 
Incredibly, but like you said, it's Wembley, the wind, the whole thing. It just didn't coming off his foot. It's not. It was not going in. Hey, like we talked about last week, hoping for some of that London magic. You never know. Yeah, so maybe they were, but I just felt like it was what that would have been fourth and seven. Um, you know, I usually I'm I'm all take the points, uh, but I didn't. I just I just didn't see that as a as a high percentage uh, take there. So you'd rather punt and play the field position game? No, uh, it wouldn't really be a punting situation. I think we should have because we would have been on our own what thirty five at that point. I think. Uh, I think we should have tried to, to, to move down the field and get in better field goal position or, or score a touchdown. Hmm. Um, Lan, explain to me, or one of you explain to me, that no-look pass. You made a reference to it. What, what was possibly going through his mind? I'm actually speechless because we've seen this before where his throws have sailed or – he stares down a receiver, but I've never seen this, and that's always been his strong suit in the red zone, which was ball security and usually making the smart play. I just don't understand, because the throw, even though it was deflected, there was heavy, heavy traffic. It had to pass through probably three defenders before it even reached whoever it was. And the thing is, it, he didn't even look at it to see if he was open. He just believed it was, and he threw it. And it was it was like a makeup for earlier in the game where he slung it right across the middle on another no look and Desmond King should have intercepted it. He just looked off. Lynn, I want to jump in. You make an awesome point that you know you said it earlier about Mariota. I think today was one of the more frustrating perform. You know, obviously he didn't have a lot of turnovers. He had that one interception, um, but. It was so incredibly frustrating to watch today where there were multiple times where he literally threw the ball without looking where he was going. You know, there were there were people in his face and he chucked the ball and then it's like his head followed. And obviously that's never going to turn out well. And there were a couple of, couple of costly plays where that happened. Um, and I feel like if he just took a second and actually looked at, at the player in front of his face, he could have made a second read and been a lot more successful. I kind of I feel like Marcus in the Philadelphia game was a lot more mature than Marcus today. What do you guys think? I think he really settled in. Uh, you were you were referring to that earlier. I think um, as the game came down, he was doing the same thing in the first half that he did um, last week, where he held the ball too long. When you we went back and we analyzed most of those sacks, he was holding the ball too long. I mean, not I, he didn't have great protection, but he's got to know that. I think in the second half he made his read, and if he didn't have it, he took off. Um, and when he did make a throw, I think he got into a pretty good rhythm. That being said, for whatever reason, maybe it's the last two weeks, I, I never thought we were going to win that game, and I wanted to ask y'all that. Coming down the stretch, when they systematically went down the field, they took some chances. They even looked patient. They wanted to run time down. They looked like a confident team. I wasn't a confident fan. Did y'all did y'all feel like they were going to go down there and and tie it and then win it over time? Did you think they were going to get the two-point conversion? How did y'all feel going down that final drive? I'm not going to lie to you. I did not feel confident. I didn't feel like we can tie it up. Um 
and then we had a couple strokes of luck and a couple big plays. Dion Lewis, he he played his tail off, and you know without him playing the way he did, there's no way we had a shot. Um, so I, I I'm always pessimistic at our ability to drive down the field. You know, it might have been different last year. It might have been different the year before. You know, when I thought we had some more offensive pieces, especially last year, having Davis come on late in the year and having Rashard Matthews and having Delaney Walker. Just this year, I don't have a lot of confidence in our, in our offense, period. So I feel like I, I had more confidence somehow when they won three weeks ago uh, here against Philly. I, but I just didn't think it was going to happen. I, I don't know why, and I wondered if y'all felt the same. Land, did you – what sort of uh, mental state – well, where was your psyche at in that last drive? Initially, I would say I, when they came out running, I believe, four or five straight times before the Dion Lewis run, I felt very unsure and nervous. But I, I had this inkling that we would make it close, that it would come down to the very end like it did. And I thought the play calling was interesting with three minutes left to run so much. And obviously it worked out in... If Rabel and the team does convert that two-point conversion and the Chargers don't have any time, then we're applauding Matt LaFleur for a masterful drive and shrewd play calling. But I felt confident that we could do it. Mariota had gone on fire and gone in rhythm. It's just we made the bold call in. Just like in the Philly game, Rabel was bold a lot. We won. We praised him. And now Rabel, Rabel made the call. We lost. And now we have to reassess. That's a good point. John, I think it was you today that said, you know, that game for us was full of excellent play calling and terrible play calling. And it's kind of a, uh, you don't see that big of a spectrum in one game. Uh, do, do, looking back on it, having a few hours to think about it, do you, do you still feel the same way? I most certainly do. Because, like I said earlier today, there were some plays that were called that Matt LaFleur looked like a genius. And then there were some plays that he called that was that you know left me scratching my head wanting to rip my TV off the wall and throw it through another wall. Um, it was really a case of uh, you know Jekyll and Hyde. Like couldn't get it figured out. And I felt like whenever we had a good drive going, we had some things we had some things going in the right direction. And we just went away from it. You know, I felt like there were a couple drives where we had some nice short passes. And obviously the connection between Mariota and Sharp worked great today. Um, So i just curious about all the play calling. And I feel like a big thing that they did not do today is try to get Corey Davis involved. They, you know, they had a couple targets to him coming across the middle. But there have been games where Marcus probably target him 13 to 15 times and you know I don't know the official numbers on how many times he targeted Davis today but I just feel like that was something we left out there and don't get me wrong I'm glad that Tajay Sharp was targeted and he picked it up and you know he went over 100 yards um so I'm glad about that but I just I just don't feel like the play calling was very very creative or consistent throughout the game especially when we found some things that worked Right, and I think the optimist can say he doesn't have a lot of experience with this. Um, I don't think he um, – I personally don't think he called plays 
100% of the time last year in Los Angeles. And uh, everybody's learning. And so I'm okay with that right now. And I guess it's better to have a spectrum than pretty consistently poor play calling like, like we had last year, just to be honest. Uh, you mentioned Sharp. Sharp impressed me, played tough, played with a lot of energy. Um, there are some, obviously we lost by a point to a talented team. And I'm not really feeling like being glass half full after three losses. I'm not really into a moral victory, but uh, you, there, we did fight back in the second half. Um, we did overcome some adversary, uh, ad, ad, adversity, and uh, we played with more energy. Um, let's talk about the things we liked. Um, before, um, like Corey Davis, him dropping that pass. I mean, that's all I can think of when you were mentioning him, him earlier. All I can think of is that drop pass. Um, but as far as what I like today, um, I was impressed with Sharp and I was very impressed with Deion Lewis, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, are we going to see after the bye, are we going to see more Deion Lewis? Their carries. And their splits are about 50-50 after seven weeks. Uh, Landon, do you think we'll see more Lewis? I would say, relative to how the workload has been, we will see more. It won't be a domination of snaps, because Lewis isn't that kind of back where he can do, where he's like Le'Veon Bell, and he's just always on the field and always touching the ball. But I expect Lewis to see a lot more time, specifically because... He fits better with the offense and its, short, and its shortcomings, and he can make more plays than Henry. I would say the issue with Henry is is that, as we all know, he's a rhythm runner, so he needs a lot of carries to get in a rhythm. Like at Alabama, where he averaged like 26 carries a game, and that kind of back, unless it's just some odd cold weather game, that kind of back has no place in today's league. If you're handing the ball off to your tailback over 20 times a game, it's either because you were in garbage time a lot or the opposing team's run defense is terrible. There's just not a place for Henry in the league, especially on this team, to reach his full potential. John, would you agree with that? You think uh, I, I think it might be a little strong. I see where he's coming from. But yeah. I do think uh, Henry's fit in the NFL, maybe somewhere, but I, I do think he's a bit of a dinosaur. His fit in this offense, uh, I do question that. I think it's a little bit of a strong statement because we've seen Henry, you know, I mean, Henry last year in cleanup duty after the failed DeMarco Murray experiment, Henry had like 750 yards. And, you know, there were some great gains and great games. Um, so I definitely think, Derrick Henry has a place in the NFL. I definitely think he can make an impact on our team. But kind of like Landon said, you know, Derrick Henry is that guy that he needs volume. He needs he needs to see 20 carries a game to get in a rhythm. And I feel like we can do that. But the problem is when we decide to, to dial up Derrick Henry, it's to start off the game. You know, we're coming off cold off of something. Or, you know, we can't really get sustained drives. So I feel like we have to... You know, teams aren't teams aren't you know. Uh, it's kind of like teams know that we're not a running threat right now, so they don't have to load up the box. They don't. They can load up the box. They, they can play us however they want. 
which is kind of the problem. So we don't excel in any particular way. Um, so I feel like if we start to get a good passing attack, they have to respect that, and that's when Henry's going to break through. And then, once we're more balanced, there will be a lot more opportunities for him. I definitely think he's got a place. I mean, you know, look at the look at the Rams. How many times? How many times do they get girly touches? Granted, they're two completely different backs, but there there are still opportunities for some high volume guys. Uh, Landon, I need you to chastise uh, Big Fella for uh, referring to the Demarco Murray failed experiment, and um, just kind of uh, I I don't <laughs> I know you don't mean that it was a failed experiment. Uh, maybe last year. Yeah, strictly talking about last year. The year before was a thing of beauty. I mean, for swapping fourth-round picks and, and getting him, uh, it might have been the steal of the century. Yeah, it certainly. And, you know, he did a lot yeah. for us. I'm not going to sit here and say he belongs in a ring of honor, but to have the season, the second season he did, he did in Philadelphia, uh, and then to come out and run for over a thousand. Right. I mean, you got to be crazy about that. That was awesome. Right. But it just never took it did it didn't take off last year. Yeah, he had that one game where he had three touchdowns, but you know. Well he couldn't really stay healthy last year and he looked like he had lost a step. Uh yeah, no question. Um, um I I still you know, we've talked about it a hundred times. I still refer to that Thursday night game against the Steelers where they had the the cameras going from end zone to end zone and they showed every play you know, in slow mode and Man, there were so many open holes that he just didn't even go near. But I, I digress. I'm getting too, too deep in the yeah. Marco Murray troubles. Sorry, well, um, I want to, I want to keep on track and talk about Derrick Henry fitting in our team, which I think he does. I obviously think we need to do a better job of getting both guys in their rhythm. Landon, what's your silver lining from this game today? If I know it's tough to to talk. Um, High notes, but after a, a kind of a, a crushing loss. But what, what, what's your silver lining? Well, obvi- I would say the defense looked a lot sharper, obviously, with Woodyard back, outside of, obviously, the two long touchdown passes we gave up. But on the, on the bright side, outside of those two plays, I felt that the defense looked much better. They were technically sound. They tackled well, mostly took good angles. That's something to build upon, especially as the year goes on and it gets closer to playoffs and it gets colder. And then I thought Mariota had, I wouldn't say excellent nor great, but very, very good game considering the circumstances regarding obviously going to London and just the lack of receiving help that has befelled him. He was dominant. He was dominant in his personality he was commanding he looked like the the guy you would rally behind on that run where he stood farmed a linebacker and trucked Casey Hayward so hard Hayward was hurt that's something you want to see out of your quarterback that's something that's get you fired up yeah that's something that's a good point and I was you feel confident about who you've got who you've got under center I was and Casey Hayward is a good a very good and very tough football player, and that, that energized me, and I'm sure that entire sideline. Uh, big fellow, what's your silver lining? My silver lining, you know, our biggest road trip of the year, both, you know, basically just all around. You know, I think it was a tough opponent in a 
different environment, not even to mention it's across the pond, so a ton of miles away. So our toughest road game, we come back home for a bye. You know, we have two weeks to prep for the Cowboys, and we're going to get a lot healthier. Obviously, it was a huge defensive change with Woodyard back on the field, and you know we there's a very good chance we'll have Vaccaro back at full strength. Yeah, I think so for for the Dallas game. So I think you know we'll just be a lot healthier overall, and hopefully we'll have Derek Morgan back. I think he was a big missing piece out there today. And I honestly, I, I you know I could have missed it, but I didn't I didn't see a lot of Landry today. Um, was he he was active, right? He was. I saw him on the field several times. Hmm. Just the pass rush overall up until late or in the middle of the fourth quarter was struggling a bit, obviously with Morgan being out. Right. The pass rush just wasn't what it was or what we expect it to be. I would definitely agree. So I, I think I think we've got to, you know, as hard as it is for me to say, because I was very, very distraught over the game, but as, as hard as it is to say, I think we've got some positives coming out of here. I do too. Uh, I, I don't necessarily love going into the bye on a three-game losing streak, but you got to think that Dallas is a beatable team. Well, they were beat today. <clears throat> they and were beat. They're going to be. Uh, they're going to be. Uh, they're either just falling down that slope, uh, or they're going to be. They're going to really need a win. They'll be fighting at home. For a win, so that's going to be really interesting to see a Monday night game. That, but yeah, that is a winnable game. Definitely, I think one thing that really plays to our strength is they don't have a lot of receiver depth or receivers. Period, and that's our Achilles' heel. You know, they're. I don't think any team is going to beat us on the ground, even with Zeke. Um, but you never know. Right. I mean, watch Dallas pull a trade and get Amari Cooper, and then. You know, a weakness turns into a positive. I'm not sure how I really feel about Amari Cooper anyway as a positive, but, you know, I mean, I, it's, it's a game we can't take lightly, but a game we can definitely win. I would I would agree with you that our statistical weakness is uh, against the deep pass, and obviously today, um, and just really since the beginning of last year. So uh, they don't have a guy that stretches the field. They've got Cole Beasley, who's a good possession receiver, but they don't have a guy that can stretch the field, and that's good for us. What I think this question is obvious, but I want to hear the answer um, um, from both of you. After seven games, what group, what position in total has is our weakest? I think our weakest position... I think, you know, as much as we put into it in the offseason and as much as the great names we've signed to our cornerbacks, I think Malcolm Butler has gotten beat a lot. And I think, obviously, teams are able to stretch the field on us by going deep. So I think that is our biggest weakness. Um, Another weakness for me is sometimes I don't feel like our offensive line, for as highly touted as it is, I don't feel like they get a lot of push off the ball. And, you know, Taylor Juan, I love that guy. But he is, you know, one play away from a personal foul penalty, if not getting ejected. Like that that play we saw today where he came flying in at the end, you know, after the whistle. Um, so I think, I, you know, I think what it really boils down to, 
you know, we are a tough team, but I think also toughness is our weakness. We, you know, if we were a tough team, we would have won that game today. Um, so I think I'm not ready to call out anybody's individual effort, but I think we just have to be a little bit tougher. We have to be a little, a little bit smarter, and we have to play to a lot of our strengths, which are our defensive line, um, our linebackers flying around making plays and getting into quarterbacks' heads. So I think that's what we got to do going forward. I think that's well said. I'm, um, I think we were a tough team at Jacksonville. I think we were a tough team when we beat Philly. And it's not just that we won those games. And we were a tough team that just executed the wrong play today. So I think it's good. I think we were back on that track of being a, a tougher team. Uh, Land, I think the weakest position on our team by attrition and just – by performance is our receiver group and including our tight ends, which uh, we've basically got little or no production from, unless you count, you're pretty consistent, but obviously limited ceiling play by Luke Stalker. Uh, I just think our receiver uh, group um, is the weakness of this team. Land, do you agree with that? Initially, I was going to suggest the interior offensive line, so guard and center because the cornerbacks and receivers have been inconsistently bad. While it seems the interior offensive line has been consistently bad, but looking back on it, what's really holding this team back is the receivers. Obviously, Mario did not not have the best game of his life, but there's no reason that you are a third-round receiver and a fifth, fifth overall pick, and you are wide open, and you do not make the catch. It is just fathomable in this day and age when offensive records are being broken that we don't have receivers that can make the open catch. And these aren't like tough contested catches over Jalen Ramsey. These are wide open. You've got to make that catch. Oh, yeah. Through their hands. And it's just holding us back because you can scheme around the bad offensive line. You can do quick, quick passes, max protection. But if your receivers are bad, then what can you do in well today's said. day and age? I would agree. Uh, I think uh, there are good receivers all over the NFL, and we have some talented ones, and we have got to catch that pass. There is a pass that has been dropped, a seminal pass that has been dropped in every game we've played this year. So I don't know what needs to happen, uh, mental, uh, but I think this bye is the best time by that I can remember, obviously, after this long road trip. But just what's happened to us, I don't think this off week could have come at any better time. Uh, Big fella, what you say? I would say I think we need to, as a team, take a step back, realize what makes us successful, get back to it, um, kind of take, you know, I'm <laughs> – I am the big fella because I, I have a lot of emotion in everything I do. So part of me thinks that they need to take a little bit of the emotion out of what they're doing right now just for this little time period like we talked about earlier. So I think, you know, this comes down to that two-point conversion play. I mentioned it to you earlier. I think Vrabel, he's a rah-rah guy and I love it, but I think he was a little bit too invested in winning the game right there. Yeah. And if he would have let 
a little bit of time and reason sink in, he would have realized that kicking the the PAT and then going to overtime would have been our way to win the football game. Yeah, I agree. And I think he felt I like think, a player, yeah. like you said. He was thinking yep. like a player, and he's not a player anymore. He is not. And, you know, part of it, he's a first-year rookie head coach. Um, but, you know, like I mentioned, you know, he is probably, as in the coaching ranks, he's the most recently uh, separated from on-the-field play. Right. So part of me thinks he was just, like we said, too wrapped up in it and had a player mindset rather than a coach mindset and i think i think we need to to look at the the game tape find the little things that went wrong including that play call and kind of reevaluate our team real reevaluate where our heads are at and you know get ready for dallas well said um so from a bigger picture standpoint we're after all of this still just a game behind Houston in the division. Uh, Houston obviously has won four in a row. There are obvious questions about their offensive line, but four wins in a row is four wins in a row. They're, I think not only are they the obvious, the obvious leader, I think they're the front runner uh, early because uh, that's impressive what they've done. They do have some talent. I question some of their offensive play calling and some of their coaching, but um, just to have gone through what we've gone through and just be a game behind Landon, I think uh, that's the absolute best a Titans fan could ask for considering, right? Definitely. I mean, you, in years past, if we had a three-game losing streak this early, it would be doom and gloom. And especially last year, we would be way behind Jacksonville for the division and the morale and energy may be different. That our three-game win streak helped out with this three-game losing streak, so... In the end, it kind of balanced out, which you don't want to happen, but there's worse streaks to go on. Oh, I would agree. Yeah, I think, you know, what you mentioned about the Texans is a really good point. You know, they did win four in a row, so nothing, nobody can take that away from them. But, you know, I'm not overly impressed with them, you know, beating Indianapolis barely beating the cowboys barely beating the bills barely and then you know finally decidedly handling the jacksonville jaguars um which in that game blake bortles got benched for cody kessler so i'm not overly impressed wow. with the yeah what happened with that how, how did kessler play uh i think he threw 100 and some yards a touchdown and a pick Bortles was he had two two missed two fumbles two lost fumbles and he just went out, he was not playing well at all. Um, but his I think day was like, coming and that's today. <laughs> Bortles uh, play catches up with him uh, and I, I just thought that was eventually coming. But they're in a position where they don't have anybody to turn to. I think they're done. I know it's premature. I don't like their team moving forward. I think they're well coached. They have a lot of talent on defense. I don't like them moving forward. It's, it's hard to like them. Um, you know, obviously they've got a fantastic defense, but as we saw when we played them, as we've seen today, as we've seen in the past couple of weeks, that defense can be beat. There are holes. You know, in the best suit of armor, there's always a, you know, always a hole, always a yeah, kink in the Yeah, it's their chain, head. You know, 
Yep. The quarterback. I, and I think it. that they've I think they've come due on that. Bortles seems like a great guy and everything. He does not have it. And they have uh they have played around with that long enough and I think they're gonna lose the season over it and they're gonna have they're gonna be back at the drawing board uh next year. Mm-hmm. I personally think that they didn't seek I mean, where was Teddy Bridge, Bridgewater? I mean the why did they not seek to get an experienced backup? Um I just don't understand why they put so much faith in Bortles. I, I will not understand that. Um, the rest of the AFC, uh, aside of some terrific teams, uh, you know, this. I think this is a team that obviously the Titans can go on a run. As bad as we've looked, we could run off three or four more wins and be right in this uh, from a wild card or a division standpoint. And uh, I think, you know, that's amazing to say after three tough losses. I want to talk I'll about the Chargers. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was sorry. I was going to jump in and say, you know, we have to. We have to go on a run because we have right. Dallas and then the Patriots come to town. Oh, man. And the rest of our schedule, it's winnable. Yeah. But we got to go on a run. Oh, no question. As far as the Chargers go today, were you all with me and thinking, wow, Philip Rivers has been in this league since 2004. Uh, he... He can make every throw. He's terrific still. Uh, the energy, the leadership that he shows, he's not perfect. But, man, I just uh, I just came away. Still, really, that team just looks like there's something that keeps everybody good. But their talent, Desmond King, I mean, a lot, even the back end of their, of their roster, even, there's just a lot of talented guys on that team. There is a lot of talent on that team. And I, I remember when – Desmond King was getting drafted. I was praying to the gods we would draft him in some form of fashion because he didn't go till a very, very, very late round. When did he go landed three? I thought he went three or four. And yeah, I'm like you. Uh, I remember in 2017, I, I've, I would have loved to have had him as a Titan. I remember you really liking him. He was from Iowa. Is that right? Yep, he was from Iowa. He won the. He was national. a fifth round pick. Ooh, fifth round, pick, man. Desmond King in the fifth round. Yes. He looked so good out there today. What were you saying, Lynn? The year before he declared, I believe, he had won the... I can't remember which award it is. It's the nation's top defensive back. He had won that award, but he returned. Fifth round. Wow. Yeah. He would have been a steal, and I was going crazy yeah. when um, we saw when it, when I watched him get drafted because, you know, obviously at that point in time... <laughs> Only guys like us are watching the draft. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I remember seeing him come off the board, and I was screaming my head off and why we hadn't already called his name. Because, you know, he. <laughs> a lot of these guys from Iowa, we talk about it all the time. They're just tough, and they're good football players, and that's exactly what he was. And Landon, you're right. In 2015, he won the Jim Thorpe Award. Oh, wow. Um, and he is just a solid player. And, you know, even today um, – with Travis Benjamin being a little banged up, he did a lot of their punt and kick returning duties, and he did oh, yeah. pretty he well. He looked good to me. He certainly looked good. So he's going to be—he's a steal. He's kind of like—he's kind of like us drafting Bayard. I mean, you know, a little later than Bayard, but uh, but man, he—he's—he's he's the real deal. He's certainly got team. some upside. Yeah, definitely. Land before um, we shove off, let's let's talk injuries. I know we have thankfully a week off, so we can rest, recover. You mentioned Woodyard coming back, and boy, our defense looked different. One man makes that much of a difference, not usually in football, but I felt like our defense got right this week. 
Um, except for those two big plays, I think they played very well against a very, really good team. Offensively, they were missing Ingram, uh, but they still were pretty high octane. Uh, so Woodyard's back in the fold. He looked good. You mentioned Vaccaro. Uh, you mentioned Morgan. Uh, kind of give us a lowdown on when those guys are supposed to be back and kind of who, who you expect to, to still not be with us or not be 100% when we come back to that Monday night game in Dallas. Currently the injury report is Josh Klein left the game due to unclosed injury, so there, I haven't seen anything new on him. And Spain was inactive today for his shoulder. And then finally, it's Vaccaro, who suffered an injury in the Philly game. And he should definitely be back after the bye because I believe that's five weeks. And the injury was expected to be two to four weeks. We really missed him today. We really missed Vaccaro today. He played so well uh, in in those first few weeks. I think we really are. We really missed him. He did, and you know, I I also believe he'll be back in time because yeah. he did practice uh, on a limited basis this week. You know, he looked like he had, he had an arm brace bigger than JJ Watt, but yeah. or bigger than Gronk, but he he was out there on the field practicing. and he looked like um, you know basically RoboCop out there. But I have no doubt that he'll be back back on the field for that Dallas game. Yeah, awesome, Lan. Who else? That that's the only three injuries that. We have that are notable, as far as I can tell. How about Dennis Kelly stepping in for for Josh Klein? It's good to see that big ugly mug get back on the field and yeah. that flowy Fabio hair. That guy's hair, unbelievable. Yeah, he's been valuable for us, and uh, we, uh, you know, I was worried when Klein went out, but we didn't really miss a beat um, mm-hmm. uh, today. I didn't think uh, in inside with Kelly. I would agree. And you guys know how I feel about Quentin Spain. Ugh, I don't care if he comes back at all. <laughs> we'll yeah, Landon, what's the deal on Spain? Out. What's the prognosis on him? All that I've found so far is it's his shoulder, and he was inactive for it. Okay. I haven't seen the severity, what exactly it is, but I assume we'll learn more during the bye week. But unless it's serious, I would presume that he should be back for the Dallas game because that's three weeks between games for him. Excellent. Let's, uh, let's wrap with this. Uh, this morning I woke up uh, in the Eastern time zone uh, a little bit later than you guys, only about 45 minutes from kickoff, and I had missed where Melvin Ingram, who uh, Melvin Gordon, rather, who is on my fantasy team, who is the stalwart of my fledgling um, fantasy team, was ruled out, I guess, late last night, early this morning. I mean, you guys uh, both uh, informed me that he was out, and I asked you guys. I sent you guys a list of my bench. Who should I play? And you guys said who. Both said who. <laughs> I said not Corey Clement. All right. I said Nick Chubb. You both said Nick Chubb. And here's my thinking on Nick Chubb. Yeah, I know what they're trying to do. I want to, especially in Cleveland, I want to see it happen first. So I start Clement over Chubb, Alex Collins, Deion Lewis, uh, and Isaiah Crowell. Um, Chubb finished today with 14 points. And, of course, 
Corey Clement finished with four points. So I owe you guys an official apology. I asked for your opinion. I didn't take it. Um, and um, I, I think I learned a valuable life lesson today. <laughs> Which lesson is that? Don't don't play against the Carolina defense or I think or a, a committee backfield or I think the life lesson is when there's a big fella landing consensus, uh, <laughs> then that's it. You shut it down. Take the advice. <laughs> so I want to officially apologize for you guys. Uh, uh, fantasy football has uh, been a blast in our league. We all play uh, with several of our other friends. Um, I've, I am just barely hanging on. I'm 3-3. Three and three. I've got a tough matchup. I could have used those extra points. Uh, quickly, you guys have, You guys are looking – big fella, you're kind of um, – I'm on the fence. <laughs> oh, oh you're, you're, you're killing today. Oh, all right, uh, you're yeah. You're looking good. You just – I uh, haven't looked at it since the A.J. Green. Oh, the O'Casual. Uh, I've not looked at it. I'm just winning by 40 points. Okay, yeah, I get it. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's been a tighter one than I expected today. Damian had some great players. Carry on Johnson. Um, took a lot for him to start him. Yeah. And I had two great performances from Jarvis Landry. 10 catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown as well as the Rams' defense. Get this stat line. Two interceptions, two fumble recoveries, a safety, 10 points again against, and a blocked field goal. Unbelievable. In a standard PPR league, 26 points for the Rams' defense. Uh, it's hard to lose in a week when your defense gives you 26 points, and so you you are definitely rolling. Uh, yes, Land, I am. Land, what's your week looking like in, uh, in fantasy? I'm feeling pretty confident. I'm currently down 13. There uh-huh. he has Joe Mixon playing. I have Kareem Hunt playing at the moment. I also have Barkley playing tomorrow, so I yeah, feel pretty good okay. about this one. You can feel pretty confident with uh, Saquon Barkley in a dome. I think that's going to be that'll be a, that'll be a good game to watch. Uh, it's he has single handedly made the Giants watchable football. Otherwise, they definitely definitely would not be. He's must no. watch TV. You guys have been great this week. Uh, We've powered through. Uh, John, like you said earlier, uh, this is a week where you say, I I don't want to do this. Uh, I I don't want to do a podcast to talk about this, but it's kind of like therapy. We've got it out. I do feel better now. Um, Several hours ago, I was, uh, boy, uh, I was disappointed in the decision, the coaching decision, the play call decision. Um, I was disappointed in Corey Davis, but we're gonna live to fight another day. We're in a uh, we're in a let's say developing division, so who knows? A couple months, uh, this could look all different. So I'm gonna keep hope of that. Uh, I hope our Titans have a good week off. 